Welcome to the Sunday Morning Meeting Podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Alex Bryan. Praise God. <laughs> That's a powerful video. That came out in 2015, so I've seen that a lot and it's spoken to me a lot. But we're not waiting on a move of God. We are a move of God. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming and moving amongst us in the worship and bringing that same message in our encounter time with you, God. We're not waiting on a move of God. We are a move of God. I was part of, I, I go into the prayer room and in some of the prayer meetings, and recently I was in one of those prayer, prayer meetings, and we were praying and declaring things over the town to see things change, to see a difference come. And um, I had to speak to Claire afterwards because I, I felt this thing of like, throughout the whole thing, I, I just um, could just sense God saying, I couldn't really get into it. I couldn't really get into the place of like really praying for that change and praying for the difference. Not because it's not good to do that, but just because God kept saying to me, do you realize that you are the answer to these prayers? And um, so that, that made it difficult, I think. And I think maybe it's because I wasn't sure if I wanted to be the difference in my town. I don't sure if I wanted to commit to being the difference in the town, you know, because that takes commitment. Also, because it was like God was saying to me, I've heard you, now make a move and you'll see me move. You'll see the change and the difference being made. I've heard you, now make a move. Now could, just, could God, obviously that question, I have this other question, could God just step in and supernaturally do all the things that we're praying for and want to see changed and the difference we want to see made in our town that we're praying for in the prayer room regularly, we pray uh, on Thursday evenings, we even saying, your kingdom come, your will be done this morning, and praying that out. Could God supernaturally step in and see healings, see salvation, see breakthroughs, see freedom across the town, all without us talking or laying on hands on anybody? Absolutely. But that's not how he has chosen to work. This is why Jesus came as a man, as one of humanity. He came to say, look, this is what I want you to do. He lived a pure life as a man. He empower, empowered by the Holy Spirit, he defeated death. He defeated sin and defeated the devil as a man to win back humanity's God-given authority and power and the keys of the kingdom that Adam and Eve gave away in the garden. Then he gave them back to humanity. As we live in him so that we can rule over the earth in that authority and power that is given in his name and see the difference and change come to this world as he's called us to do. Just a brief note, if you see me reading a lot, it's because I want to stay on track. I've been up a lot all night. Okay, so let's get back onto it. I don't want you to be put off by that. I just want to stay on track. He said on the cross, it is finished. And then he returned to heaven and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. He has handed over the baton to us. He's given us purpose, his creation. He hasn't made us to sit on the sidelines and cheer him on whilst he wins. He's already won. And now he cheers us on while we keep on winning in his name. We are a move of God. Romans 10, Paul puts a challenge to us. He's saying, they're talking about how salvation is for everyone. He says, 
from verse 5. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? People in this town that we pray for, that we want to see the change and difference in their lives. We want to see this salvation, this hope, and this joy that we have in their lives because we know how good it is. We know it's the truth. It's so close. As that word says, it's very close at hand. It's on the lips and in the heart. It's just a confession that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead away. But how can they believe and call on him unless we tell them who he is? Unless we show them who he is. Am I willing to be the one who tells the people? Now, you, a lot of you will know, interlude from the notes. A lot of you will know I work in this building. I do um, a lot of the clubs and stuff like that. And I believe that that is showing God's light to the, the community. But also, I'll be honest with you, I'll confess that God has called me to much more than just running clubs that show God's light and love to the community, which that is an absolutely like uh, a, a really worthwhile thing to do. And Jesus has called us to do the things that we're doing in this building. But in my personal life, I find it very easy to walk out of the building, put my head down and walk around because I don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want people to, uh, I don't want it to go wrong. I don't want it not to happen when I pray for somebody. Am I willing to move, to be the change, to be the difference and the answer to the prayer that leads to faith in people's lives? The truth is, I really believe this, if I'm not willing, I'll never know the fullness of my own salvation and the fullness of life that is in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because faith and love taking action is who God is. He came to show his love towards us, to show his desire for us. We've been, lear- we've been taught and we've been learning from God how we wa- he wants us to join in that community. And if we're joining in that community, then we have to acknowledge that showing that love by taking action is who he is and it's who he wants us to be. And we'll never know, like I said, the fullness of him unless we take part in that because as we step out and we see things 
we understand God more and we have he releases knowledge to us of who he is because we trust him in that moment. Is it scary? Yes. That's that. Jesus said, let me tell you why. Sorry, let me just tell you where this is. Matthew 5, 13 in the message. I like this version uh, of this scripture, especially. I actually listened to Matthew 5 onwards in the message. Naomi might know. She's like, oh, you would do it all the time. On my phone, in the message version, I just listened to it, and it's so great. It's like Jesus is there in your house preaching to you, but in modern-day language, which is a bit easier than some of the other texts. So, this bit, Matthew 5.13. Let me tell you why you are here, Jesus said. You are to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will, be, and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you on a, there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. This is why we're here. This is who Jesus has made us to be. Jesus said, you are to be the seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. You. You are to be the light that brings out the God colors in earth. He says to us, do you know how this world becomes a better place? How you start to see my glory revealed. It's already there. We know that. We've, we've heard that before, that God's glory is in the world. How, um, how you see my glory revealed. How you see people's lives filled with light and flavor of God. If you go and pour out what I've put inside of you. Who knows that if you've got a dinner and it's a little bit dull tasting and the salt sat in its salt mill, it's not going to change the flavor of the dinner unless you take it and grind it over the dinner, over the food. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. I believe Jesus. This is something Jesus has been speaking to me a lot about. You know, we are a mover God. I believe Jesus really wants us as a church, his body, to understand and believe again our position here on the earth. And because of that, how valuable we are in his plan of salvation for those who don't yet know him. I think I've not written in a key bit to this this uh, kind of thing, which is good. But I remember what it was, so it's okay. When Jesus, when Adam and Eve were created, they were created to rule over the earth. God created them. Don't rule instead of me, but rule because of me. Because I've created you in my image, go and rule over the earth and subdue it. As Paul said, Pastor Paul said earlier, that's not to uh, lord it over the people, but it's to bring change and a difference to this world because we go and bring love and the Holy Spirit that's inside us and we pour that out. We pour out God's rule so where we see injustice, we bring justice. Where we, bring, where we see confusion and 
that things like that we see we bring peace we bring the peace of the gospel and we go into this uh, and we and we continue praying and worshiping and in the spiritual realm take that authority that god's given us and see a difference but it's tied hand in hand it's 50 50 for me really guys like if you're spiritually declaring and praying and worshiping to see a difference about something then the other half of that is to go and step into that area and bring what god's put there because how can somebody see that light if someone's not standing there shining? We've all this talk about moving and uh, being a move of God. I decided to look up what the word revival meant. And one definition I found was restoration to life, consciousness, vigor, strength. And uh, when Pastor Brian brought that scripture earlier of breathing life onto the bones God just spoke to me and I was like, you should share that again and say, has every revival that we have ever seen been God, the Holy Spirit, breathing life onto the bones of the church again? We are part of the one move of God there has ever been, which began when he said, as you go, make disciples. In, it, it's his church. That's what he's called us to be. That's what he's sent us to do. I believe that is the move of God. It's 2,000 plus something years old. And it's been up and down and the church has been all over the place. But we're still in that same move of God. Go and make disciples. As you go, make disciples. As you go, heal the sick, cast out demons. See salvation come to the nations. We're part of that same move of God. And there's been those spikes what we call in the church revival. We you know, we know of like historical revivals. And I really believe that's just God. That's where God's breathed that life onto those bones. And the church has come back into that knowledge of and consciousness and restoration to life of this is who we are in God. This is humanity was created to do this, to rule uh, over the earth in God's place as, as God has directed. And then we just came back into the knowledge of that as the church. And that's why revival happened. Because we took hold of that authority and power. So we are part of that one move of God. And remember, Jesus said, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will even do greater things than these. So according to Jesus, we, the believers, should be seeing this salvation, healing, performing miracles, raising the dead, casting out demons, and even more in his name. So how do we get from here? So for me, I'm thinking, I'm asking myself the question, how do I get from here to there? Where I'm living in that fullness of what you created me to be, Lord. And I'm seeing these things happen every day. Because if I'm living in that authority and power, and I start stepping out, it might take some time. I know of testimonies of great evangelists who prayed for, they actually recorded how many people they prayed for. And they were in the thousands before they saw anyone healed. Because as Pastor Paul said, it's your kingdom come, your will be done. It's time to change some, it's, it's changing our heart changing our position so that we can start to see those things happen. So if I go and pray for someone to be healed and I don't see it, the word still says that Jesus is the healer. It says, go and heal the sick, lay hands on the sick. So I go and do it again because something in me will begin to change as I continue to exercise that faith in Jesus. So keep going, keep going in his name. As you go, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep laying on hands. 
Hallelujah. So the way we get to that place is through constant surrender. It's through constantly saying, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. We can't do this without God. And that seems contradictory because I've said, we are the move of God. But we are a move of God. We are the move of God. We can't do it without God. We're only a move of God because the Holy Spirit comes and empowers our lives and says, go. That's how God works. He co-labors with his people. Hallelujah. So, the enemy to us seeing his purpose fulfilled in our life, and I've mentioned a few already, is fear of people, fear of getting it wrong, fear of nothing happening, fear of being embarrassed. And these are all things that have kept me from doing what God has called me to do and how he's called me to just go and pray for people and the difference and change and answer he wants me to be. But through surrender, the Holy Spirit becomes the most important thing in my life. What he's saying, what he's, say, yeah, what he's, saying, what he's doing becomes the greatest thing. And his love motivating me to move becomes greater and greater and louder and louder than the fear holding me back. I love the uh, very brief kind of um, account of Obed-Edom in the Old Testament uh, in 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles. Um, I'm talking of surrender, but this is just a guy opening up his house. And it doesn't really say much about him. It talks about the, later how his family was blessed. But um, all it says about this encounter, this account, is um, David took the Ark of the Covenant to his house to keep it there. It was there for three months, and the Lord blessed his house and everything he had. But the blessing only came upon Obed-Edom because he opened up his doors and said yes to the presence of God coming in. When David arrived, he could have said, he didn't want to take it in. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm happy with the way things are and I don't want to be disturbed. Because who knows if the Ark of the Covenant was brought into your house, everything would change a bit. You know, I think there'd be some worship services going on uh, every day throughout the day. And I think there'd be uh, just the fact that the Ark of the Covenant is your, in your house. Remember, just before this, a man had died for touching the Ark of the Covenant just to try and hold it up. But that Ark of the Covenant, he said, okay, bring it in. I'll keep it in my house. And we have a choice, the same as Obed-Eden did with the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God in that day. We have a choice to let Jesus to come into our house. Now, he's a gentleman. He won't come and force his way in. He'll wait for you to let him in. I have to let him into my heart. I have to let him into my house. And I think some of us, and I definitely, myself, have given Jesus been guilty of giving Jesus a guest room in my house. <laughs> you know, I've invited Jesus in and I said, there's the guest room. You can go and stay in there. I'll tell you when dinner's ready. And, you know, I'll, I'll be praying and I'll be seeking God. I'll be worshiping and he might come out and, oh, amen. Good one, you know. <laughs> but I don't pay him much attention or, you know, or, you know, I do listen to him and I hear that he's encouraging me. But he's just a guest in my house. It's not about him, really. He's just there. He's still in my house. I've invited him in, but I've put him in the guest room. And we want, I believe if we want this move of God in our town at this time, 
It's time to let Jesus into the house itself, not just the guest room. He's got to be able to move around what's got to be moved. He's got to be able to get rid of what needs to be cleared out. Our priorities, our desires, our thoughts, our attitudes, and our actions, and our words all come into line with who Jesus is. When he's allowed to come into the house, and you say, Jesus, this house is now yours. I'll be a guest in your house. You move things the way you want it to be. I've got all these plans. Oh, if I, and people know me in this town. If I start to do that and they see me do that and they think it's weird and maybe their opinion of me will change. And Jesus is like, yeah, but I want to put that there. I want to put that, uh, I want to put that lampstand there and I'll put you on top of it. So shine. I'm like, Jesus, I've got these plans for my life. I'd like to earn this money and buy a house and buy a nice car. But he's like, well, actually, could you put your money going to go into that mission? into that mission that I want you to go on and actually start sowing into that because I want you to be on that mission regularly. I want you to go and sow into that nation. I'm like, Jesus. You know, I was packing boxes to move into a house. Now you're starting to move the stuff into suitcases. (laughs) But I've got to let Jesus into my life fully, completely into my house to move stuff around. And as I said, I, and as I said, I wanted to confess that to you guys stood here at the front, that I find it very easy sometimes to come and do what I've got to do here, and be involved with what I'm involved in, and even do it well in the name of Jesus. But then when I leave, and it's my personal life, and it's not my ministry or it's not my job, then I can quite easily just be like, put my head down, and it's not because, and it's not specifically when. God says, I want you to go and pray for that person. And I feel something in my spirit. But it's also just the fact that every day when I'm moving about, I know what the word of God says about what he, he has called us to do. When it says everything that Jesus did and more, I know the things that he did. I've heard the stories. I've read the stories of Jesus. I've read his accounts. I've heard what he said to me. Am I looking when I go out there to see his word says that, so I'm going to do this? Rather than just be like, for me, it's a bit like, yes, Holy Spirit's going to lead me sometimes and say specifically do that. Sometimes it's going to be like, the word of God says to do this, and I can see that need is there, so I'm going to do something about it. So it's time to move in the spirit. And that move might lead you to move in the physical as well, but I believe it's more about a move in our spirit. Wanting to shift from I'm doing things half and half your way, my way, and now I want to do it completely your way. We're doing things great as a church, but now in my personal life, I want to start shining and being salt and light to the earth so that everything around me shows evidence of the fact that Jesus is in my life. Later in this song, and I think we'll use the video again, if that's all right, just to respond. You don't have to do anything particular. I'd like you to stand when we do that, but... If you're able, but you you do what God leads you to do. Move how you believe God is telling you to move as we listen to that. But towards the end, they go back into the song, Here as in Heaven, and it says, A miracle can happen now. I think it's the bridge, because the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. Now, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, so a miracle can happen now. Every day, everywhere we go, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. A miracle can happen now. 
is the evidence all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. That's why I want to move in my life, to see that evidence daily. Can we just run that video again? And No. <laughs> okay, go, go, go. We're going to run the video. I'm jumping up. Because I just want to say something, because uh, that's brilliant what you said. But I, I, I know that I've heard stuff like that, and I spiritualize it. You know, and you make, I, I like, because I, I love that phrase, uh, we're not waiting for a move of God, we are the move of God. That's brilliant. Because then when we realize we are the move of God, we will see the move of God. It's, it's not a beginning and an end. It's a circle. But what does that look like? And it's fitting in with the changing from glory to glory. What does it look like opening the door? What does it look like for me, for my life? And sometimes it's just very ordinary things that change. You know, so yesterday at the, at the, uh, the fun day thing, for some people that helped out that day, it would have been the fact they had to work with small humans. I don't do small humans. They were probably thinking in the head, some of those people. They're, they're, they're scary. I have no experience of small humans. I can't do drawing and coloring and cutting out with them. But some did. That was a move of God. They said, right, I'm going to serve the community and do it. Sometimes it's just being more friendly with your neighbors and smiling and saying good morning. You know, for for me yesterday, I mean, this is a thing I've done before, but still, it's, it's one of the reasons I'm always on the door at events like that. Now, those of you that know me know better, but, and I don't look it, but I'm actually quite an introvert person. So engaging with people I don't know is like deep breath, let alone standing on a street with strangers walking past on the high street next to a six-foot-tall bunny saying, good morning, good afternoon, would you like an Easter egg from your pretty basket? To me, that's like I am dying on the inside. But I also know this is wonderful. I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm engaging with some people. We're just putting a friendly place, face rather, on this place. It's, and, and the community, it's not about this place. It's about us, the community. It's about us, the people. The city on a hill is us on a hill. It's us in Filey. It's us in Hummonby. It's us in Scarborough. It's us in our street. But it's just those simple things. And you're going to think this is really Silly, because you, you used to be wearing outrageous jackets and clothes. I do it because it's part of that mean just not hiding. It is a deliberate thing. This is the silly thing. I bought socks after we'd, uh, uh, after we'd um, had the event yesterday in Marks and Spencers. That, that is boring, I know. But I went over to Marks and Spencers and bought socks. My socks are always black. I have very few colored socks in my collection. The only ones I have are ones that other people have bought for me because my socks are always black. And you might think, well, your shoes are not black. They always used to be. Black or brown, nothing else. When I had to wear trainers, it was always black trainers. Black trainers, black trainers, black trainers. And then one day I said, I'm wearing orange ones. Well, it was red first, actually. But I was buying the socks, and I said, I'm not buying black socks. I'm buying orange socks. How is that related to a move of God? Because it was stepping out of my stupid little comfort zone of only wearing black socks. Some of you are just thinking, he's lost it. That's it. He has gone. Yes, he is one biscuit short of a cup of tea. I'm not sure that even makes sense. And they even clash with the orange of the shoes, which is, you know, perfect. No, all I'm just saying is 
it's, it's different for every one of us. But we tend to associate, oh, it's when I can get my hands in the air. Yeah, that's a very important stage. It's the time when I lie on the fa- my face before God. It's the time when I get totally free and I start dancing around in worship, just enjoying the presence of God. Yes, but sometimes it's just when you buy orange socks. Once for me, once for me, seeing a move of God was here in this place, and it was an event that was happening, and it was really busy, and I was, bear with me on this one, I was downstairs in the toilets, and both stalls were blocked. If it made one of them, I may have been tempted to clothes. I assessed the problem, it was a big one. I thought, I'm speaking in 15 minutes. I'm supposed to be holy. This is the last minute trip to the, to the toilet before the morning, you know. And uh, I realized there wasn't time to get somebody else. There wasn't time to sort something out. And it was never going to flush. I won't go into the graphic details, but I got plastic bag and gloves and fished everything out. That's the move of God. Because you're just willing to do something. I'm not doing that to big me up, but I'm doing something that is disgusting to show you. Sometimes it's just saying, yeah, I'll, take, I'll do my bit. I'll do my part. I'm the boss. I could have got somebody else to do it. I could have gone and found Michelle. Michelle would do it, even though it was in the gents' toilets. If I asked Michelle to do something like that, she'd say, yes, Paul, I'll do that. Because that's her heart. Martin, maybe. <laughs> he has a great servant heart, but that one might have been the limit. That one might have been. No, I won't say any more about that one. Um, it's horrible. And then, you, and then, and yeah, then 15 minutes later, you're here, sort of being sort of holy and preaching the word of God. And you know, I did wear gloves and wash my hands thoroughly. You're fine. But that's what it is. So when we're going to respond to this video that Alex has got for us, don't get lost in the big meeting that it is. It looks like a great meeting, I must admit. Just realize it's just some of these small things is what a move of God is made up of. It's just people saying, yes, I'll do that. Yeah, okay, I'll come and uh, help Hoover after the fun day if I'm free. It's, it's, yes, I will be friendly to my neighbors. You know what? I, my neighbor that's down the road is... She always looks a bit lonely. I'm going to go and check. You know, it's just these things because that is what will change a town. People who are willing to stick their hands down the toilet for the glory of God will change this town. Because Jesus was willing to step into the, to see it change. Imagine what it was like in heaven. And then he's born in a stable. Or at least laid in a manger. And he's surrounded by the great unwashed. Amazing, eh? That's all it is. I'm not pressing you to do something specific. I'm just pressing you to do what God tells you to do. What's the next bit? Because we're not waiting for the move of God. We are the move of God. And when we are the move of God and we realize we're the move of God, we'll see the move of God. And then as we see the move of God, we'll realize we are the move of God. And we will be changing from glory to glory. Yeah? But it's just being Jesus in this town. And some of it's not so glamorous. And some of it is. For some of you, 
standing on the door welcoming people, that's not a problem. You, you love meeting people. It gives you energy and you're an extrovert person. But all of us can do it. And actually, it is wonderful when you know you're doing something. And actually, we do need, Peter does need people just for ordinary week to week. Well, we're talking about it, don't you, Peter? We could really do with people, just more people who are willing just to be on the door in all kinds of meetings saying, good morning, how are you? Sundays and events. So should we run that video? Was there anything you wanted to say else before we show it? Okay, so we're not responding. Yes, I'm going to go to Argentina on mission. We're just saying, yes, I'm going to open the door. He's going to open that door to that cupboard, the one that visitors are never allowed to look in. Let's stand then, shall we? And let's just respond in however God leads you. And then we'll break for uh, coffee and tea. And uh, it's been great to have you. It's been a great morning. God bless. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.